Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome back to Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 14, presented by NJR Home Services. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Greg Giambarisi, and this is episode 14of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Presented by NJR Home Services. On episode 13, we did the Lights Out game July 3rd. Been a couple of days. Blue Claws have been home for a while, uh, but we're back. We're going to have a few before they return home again on July 27th. We'll do a promo rundown for you in a little bit as well. Today's podcast episode, as always, brought to you by NJR Home Services. Your local experts to help here to help you hit a home run with a heating and cooling service plan. Visit NJRHomeServices.com for more. Our guest today is former Blue Claw Travis Mater. It's a Blue Claws at 20 episode. And we've done a few of these uh, so far this season. We did the one with former Blue Claws groundskeeper Bill Butler uh, on episode six, uh, looking at his incident where he was thrown out of a game as the groundskeeper. We did episode 13, the lights out game uh, last time as well. So we have another Blue Claws at 20 today here with Moose who is uh, you know, truly one of the great guys ever to play for the Blue Claws. He was here in 2008 with Steve Roadcap, who was the manager that year. He was here in 2009 when Dusty Wathen was the manager, uh, won a championship that year with the Blue Claws, and then he was here again in 2011 when Chris Truby was the manager. And we talk about Moose, uh, what he's doing currently, coaching high school baseball down in the Pensacola area, selling some real estate as well. And he was just uh, he was a great guest. We did a Moose bobblehead a couple of weeks ago that was a – Blue Claw season ticket holder guest uh, gift. You're going to love this one with Travis Moose Mater. This is episode 14, Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast presented by NJR Home Services. So without further ado, here's the Moose, Travis Mater. Travis Moose Mater, our guest, he joins us from down in uh, northwest Florida, the panhandle out there. Travis, what have you been doing out there? Yeah, I've been doing a lot. I'm I'm the varsity baseball coach at Gulf Breeze High School, and um, I got married last August and have a little six-year-old uh, boy who's into everything. And um, I'm also in doing real estate now. So, and real estate is booming down here. So, it's a good time to be in it. And um, so, staying busy, that's for sure. So, Jim Murphy, your teammate on the 09 Blue Clause, is doing real estate in uh, in Seattle, too. We talked to him a couple oh, Jimbo. weeks ago. I need to give Jimbo a call. I miss, I miss that fellow. That was a fun team, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Uh, gonna get, get into that a little while. When uh, when you finished playing, did you think that you might end up being a coach at some point, like you're doing now? You know, when you're when you're playing, you don't you don't have a plan B. You got to be all in. So I, I maybe in the back of my mind, I thought that there could be a, a possibility of coaching, but. Um, when you're playing, you're just all in. But now that I'm in it, I absolutely love it. I got a great group of guys. We, we have a chance to make a run at state this year and um, really talented crew. And I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the position I'm in. When were you named the coach? Um, this I'm going, I will be going into my third year. So first year was COVID year, which was not how I chalked up my first year to be uh, after 10 games, I shut down the season. But um, last year we, we had a pretty good season. Um, we ended up winning districts here, and then we lost in the uh, regional quarterfinal. 
when you're playing, you control what happens to a certain degree. When you're coaching, you don't. Uh, how long did it take you to get used to that? I don't know if you ever get used to it. Um, you you have this when you're a play when you've played for so long. The competitiveness inside of you is just you you hate to lose more than you love to win, and uh, that's that's where I, my mindset is. I. I'm a realist when it comes to baseball, though, because I played it for so long that, hey, errors are going to happen. Physical things are going to happen. But if we can get them in the best position mentally, then some of the physical errors will be taken away. So um, it is different when you don't have a bat in your hand or a glove on your hand out in the field. But um, you got to do the preparation in practice. My games are practices now. So I I take it um, to heart, hitting ground balls and teaching the, the fundamentals the right way. So uh, we'll be successful when actual games come around. Was there a coach that you played under with the, or a manager you played under with, when you were with the Phillies or, or even here with the, with the Blue Claws that uh, you kind of uh, take some of the stuff and the way you treat the guys and that kind of thing that, that you took from them and they've kind of inspired you here moving forward as a coach? I had so many good coaches. Um, Steve Roadcap was awesome. Um, he was hard on me. He was very hard on me when I, when I, played under him but it was something I needed at the time uh Dusty Wathen was excellent I I feel like I'm more the Dusty style of coaching more of a player's coach um but I I had so many good coaches with the Phillies um and with the Reds but uh Doug Manzalino the infield coordinator when I was there he was top notch second to none um so loved I loved all the coaches and I think you take bits and pieces of everything that you learn from them along, on, along the way. So you were on the roadies team in 08. That was good, but just fell a little bit short. And then Dusty's team in 09 that, that won the title, start with the, the title team uh, in 09. What do you remember looking back now? It's hard to believe it was 12 years ago. That was my first year too, but it's hard yeah. to believe it was 12 Is years it ago. Really? 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Jeez. Uh, man, there, a lot of good memories there. Um, we were oh, – I got I to gotta get my memory back to then. Um, that was we the, won it in – Greenville. Um, in Greenville, yeah, in Greenville. Um, and, yeah, that was just – Greenville, first off, is an awesome stadium. And so to, to win it there and to get to celebrate in their locker room was a lot of fun. Um, but just – what I miss the most is just the guys and you have those moments that stick in your stick in your mind and just being in the locker room. I couldn't even tell you what happened in the game, but after, but afterward, um, being with all the boys in the locker room, that's the, the stuff that I remember and uh, miss the most. The team had Anthony ghost, Harold Garcia, you were there. Hanzel was there. Murphy was the first baseman. That team had a lot of personality to it. It seemed like you guys really got along and uh, and gelled the whole year. Yeah, and Travis Darno was our catcher. Yeah, Darno DeFreitas was there. Yeah, Jacob Diekman. Now we what what a group of that was that was a great group. Team was. <laughs> uh, but the the leader Jim Murphy, uh, he uh, he held us all together. So. Just so many great guys. Um, I wish I stayed in touch with more of them, but um, it was a fun ride. Everybody says, "What do you What do you miss the most now that you don't you aren't playing?" And it's just the guys, man. Every year you had a different different crew. 
um, of guys coming in and especially that 09 team, just there's so many personalities that uh, we could have had a sitcom. We could have had a, a show and made millions off it, Greg. I'm going to blame it on you that we didn't get one because we had, we had enough personalities to have one. <laughs> well, Ghost himself could have been like one <laughs> yeah. division and then you guys, <laughs> the rest of the other um, oh. Greg, like I know you, you were with him for a few years, uh, both 08 and 09, your two years with the, with the Blue Claws. He'd been with the Phillies forever. Um, I know you were close with him. What do you, what did you remember most about, uh, about working there with Legger every day for a couple of years? Legger had a, just a great personality, great for young prospects coming up. Um, he could get serious at the right times, but always wanted to have fun, um, was willing to do, go the extra mile and stay after and get extra swings in. Uh, he was a great guy to throw ideas off of and, um, not just baseball wise, though, life as well. Um, he'd been through a lot himself. And so, um, when, whenever I had something come up, um, in life, Lager was the one that I would go to, but just a, a super, super good guy. Um, the Phillies had so many good coaches and great mentors along the way, especially for someone such as myself coming in, being away from mom and dad for the first time, 3000 miles away, didn't know what I was getting myself into, um, and to have those those role models and leaders that the Phillies had was uh, exactly what I needed, and uh, they just do a great job with their coaching staff. The, I know I, I wasn't here in 08, but I know the fans embraced you right away, the, the moose head, the antlers, and all that stuff, and we did the bobblehead uh, a couple of weeks back. Where did that nickname come from? The, the Musketeers was what they were called. And uh, those, those guys were awesome. I loved it. You just got to have a crazy nickname and people tend to, tend to draw to it. Um, but I got the nickname the day I was born. I was born 10 pounds, two ounces. I was born two weeks early. Um, I had the biggest head the nurse had ever measured, big old ears. And the first time my dad saw me, he said, he's a moose. And I thank my mother daily for, for that. Um, <laughs> I was just talking about it yesterday to somebody else. Um, but yeah, I thank my mother because she had to endure it all. But um, yeah, Moose has been my name more than my actual name. Uh, back home, people don't know me as Travis at all. It's, it's always Moose. So uh, I'm glad my dad gave me that nickname. It, it, it helped me with fan sake, at least. <laughs> is, that, is that a good realtor nickname? I don't yeah, know. I'm trying. It's. It, I can't, I can't say, Hey, I'm Moose Mater when I don't know anybody, when I don't know him, when I walk yeah. out, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull it out a little bit. I want to be known as the beach moose. That's what I, that's what I want to go by. The beach I like moose. it. So, so but the bobblehead was so awesome. And oh, everyone that, that um, was part of that. I greatly appreciate seeing my face on bobblehead. I've always wanted one. I've never had one. So, and now that I'm a dad as well, my biggest fear is my kids never knowing that I played. And so to have Kai get to see my bobblehead, it's like, yeah, I used to be cool. That's fantastic. (laughs) How old is, how old is your, uh, your kid? He's six now. Six. All right. So did he, uh, did you show it to him yet? Oh yeah. 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 Did he get a kick out of it? Yeah. He, he battles his little figurines and animals and, uh, (laughs) So now I'm in the battles as a bobblehead. So I'm glad to be part of that. Do you remember, I think it was July 4th, might've been July 3rd, 2011, you come back 
play basketball. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, come back. Truby's the Chris Truby's the manager, and you hit a walk off. The grand slam that they call the single. Correct. So you do remember that, I guess. Right. If you lose a yeah. grand slam, a walk off grand slam, that that's going to stick with you. Do you remember that? Oh, like it's yesterday. Yeah. Oh man, I, I was felt bad about that one. They brought in a new pitcher. I faced him the night before or so. Um, knew he was going to come slider. He threw a slider. This is how well I remember this vividly. I can remember pitches at this point. I don't remember every pitch, but this one hurt. Yeah. Um, threw, hung a slider, hit it, knew it was out. I swear to you, I saw it bounce on the picnic tables in left center. Got around the bases, celebrated, got to watch the fireworks on the field with everybody. Um yeah, and then um, Truby called me in the office, and Mike Compton was also in there, and they said the umpire had it bouncing off the top of the fence, coming back into the field of play, so you got credited for an RBI single. And it was a tie. It was a tie game. So yeah, so I uh, I could not I could not believe it because I mean every home run and RBI goes on the back of your baseball card, and that's what sure. you're, that's what you're playing for, and. So to get a home run taken off and three RBIs, that was rough. But hey, if if I would have just hit like a, a fillet single, that would have been awesome too. But the fact that you got to do the whole home run celebration and all, and then get it taken away, I was like, what the heck? But well, the um, the thing that yeah. threw everybody off upstairs was that the plate umpire stood at home plate and watched you run all the way around and made sure you touched home plate. So everybody upstairs thought it was a home run because usually if it, if they call it a single, as soon as the first guy scores the game in that case, the bases were loaded. So as soon as the first guy scored games over, they're out of there. They don't even stick around for everybody else. Yeah. Uh, once the first guy touches the plate. So the fact that he stayed around, made sure you touched home plate, let everybody upstairs to believe that they called it a home run. So then um, I'll take it to my grave yeah. that I, it was a home run. I swear I saw it hit the picnic tables. But <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't, from up there, it's impossible to tell. But yeah, I, I always felt bad about that one because how how many times do you get an opportunity to even hit a walk off grandson, let alone actually? Yeah, on Fourth of July hit. and all that. Yeah, and it's hard enough hitting the dang ball out of that stadium anyway. So when you're gonna hit it that far, you got to get credited for it. <laughs> so since you since you left, they changed the rules a little bit. So now, instead of having to clear the, the, the chain link fence, or in your case, the top 20 foot in left center, you only have to clear the eight foot high padded wall. So if you hit that ball today, it's a no doubt about it. Grand slam, nobody's arguing. Well, I'm going to blame the blue claws. I'd be in the big <laughs> leagues right now. <laughs> uh, so um, I know. You stepped away from baseball for a year, played some basketball at Boise State for Leon Rice. Uh, where did that relationship begin with him, and, and and what brought you back to baseball? Um, I wanted to go to Gonzaga. That was my dream out of high school to go play basketball at Gonzaga, and um, he was the assistant there. And so I was, I had talked to him several times and went to all of Gonzaga's basketball camps, all that. Um, and I had always had this <clears throat> this basketball in the back of my mind, and so I really. I wanted the opportunity at that time in my life to go play college basketball. And um, I left baseball knowing that I was going to go play basketball. I didn't know where, um, but 
um, I had sent out some videos and I had ended up talking with Leon Rice and he said, if you walk out here at Boise, to Boise State, I'll give you a fair shot as a walk-on, knowing that I hadn't played basketball in three years as well. So just to get the opportunity, I was thrilled for. Um, I went out there like four or five days later. It was really quick. He said, you can come. And I'm like, on it. <laughs> I'm on my way packing my stuff now. Um, but went in there and uh, I played pretty well. Ended up making the roster as a walk-on. Um, and then I was going to work one morning and it was the craziest God moment revelation that I had ever, I had heard about these types of situations and um, I'd never experienced one so vividly, but it was like, God was sitting in the passenger seat next to me um, saying, you have a purpose in baseball. You need to go back. Um, and it was very, very clear. It wasn't one of those, Hey, maybe you should go back and try this thing again. No, it was go, you need to go back. You can make a difference. You have a purpose in baseball. So with the whirlwind of roller coaster that my life was on at the time from leaving baseball, going to basketball, now trying to get back to baseball. It was, it was a wild ride. Um, but it was all meant for the greater good and um, for, for God's purpose, for sure. Um, it was, I had gone back, I ended up going back to um, baseball and Mike Cisco. do you remember Mike? No, he was here before me. Oh, he was here before you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I used to, I used to read uh, my, my daily devotion and write in my journal every day uh, in the locker room. And when I got back, it was one of my first days and Mike said, Hey, I just want to let you know, and this isn't like tooting my own horn. This is God working through me. He said, you're the reason I ended up searching and looking towards God and committing my life to Christ because I saw you in the locker room every single day reading your daily devotion. Again, that's not any credit to me. That's just God working through me. But when he said that, I was like, here's the purpose right here. It's right in front of me. It's it's just uh, another stone to stand on of, yes, I am making the right decision. I'm here for a reason. I have a purpose. And uh, it was just a really cool thing. Um, I didn't I didn't need anything else because my experience in that revelation was so vivid, but that was just um, another thing to say, yep, this is where you need to be. So uh, really cool um, life experience that I'll never forget. And I'm, I'm so glad it happened on both sides. I'm so glad, even though it may have set me back in baseball a little bit, I'm glad I left. I never would have been able to give my all and dive completely in and give everything I have to baseball because I always had that doubt and that basketball in the back of my mind. And once I was cleared up, I was all in and uh, I'm glad it all, it all happened. Well, and then you end up a year later, so you come back in 11 and then you end up by 2013, you're in Pensacola where now you've made a, a great life, you know, for yourself. So yeah. you never would have been in Pensacola probably if you stayed in basketball. Yeah, I know. It is, it, it's really crazy. And uh, through through going to Boise State, I met a, um, one of my roommates that um, knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy. And it was just all connected to get me to my trainer in Houston, um, Ben Fairchild with Fairchild Sports Performance. And I got to meet a, a ton of awesome guys there. And just the connections and the way the plan was set out there for me was, was crazy. And um, yeah. And if I wouldn't have come to Pensacola um, and played here, 
I, I wouldn't have the connections I have here. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have my son. Um, I wouldn't be getting to do what I do. And so I'm so thankful that life, as hard as it was with some of those decisions, I'm so glad it happened the way it did. I'm, I'm very thankful for every situation that I was put in and put through and to get to where I'm at. How did the opportunity present itself where you end up now as a varsity uh, head baseball coach? Well, I owned a training academy called Unlimited Training Academy for three years, and I had a bunch of travel teams. Um, at one point, I had five teams going on all at once, and um, I, a lot of my athletes were going up towards the high school here. And somebody had asked me, would, would you ever coach high school? And I said, I'd only coach at Gulf Breeze uh, if that job presented itself. Um, but they had just won districts. And so I was like, this job's never going to come open. And um, sure enough, um, it, the coach ended up going back to his old school. Um, it's one of our rivals here, Pace High School. Um, but when he left, I got several texts from kids that were in the high school currently who are now seniors that said, hey, you got to get this job. You got to get this job. And then I started hearing it from more parents. So I ended up applying and ended up getting it. And um, I, I really wouldn't have taken a high school job anywhere else at that current um, time. But these boys are like my little brothers. I've, I've been with a lot of them for five or six years now, um, coaching them and training them. And um, so I, I really want to make a good run at, at State this year. And I think we, can, we have a, a chance to win it. Um, I got some really talented kids and it would just be, it would be the big brother moment to, yeah. to cap it off their senior year um, with the state title. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You grew up in the Pacific Northwest. How do you, how have you adapted to, and as you've been there for a few years now, how, how long did it take you to adapt to the, to the, to the weather uh, down there by the Gulf? Cause it's obviously a lot different. You don't, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. It's so like, what hot. is it right now on June 28th? Uh, my truck right now currently says 85 degrees, but it's 85 real feel like 227. Degrees. <laughs> it, it, that's how hot it feels. Um, it's just humid. Now it, it's um, luckily where we're, we're at in Gulf breeze, there is a breeze. <laughs> there is a breeze coming off of the Gulf. Very clever name, Gulf mm. breeze. Um, but uh, it, it does get very, very warm um here and you walk out and start sweating immediately and it's like all right it's more like philly spring training down there in clearwater where it's just yeah but you only have to go there for a month very true <laughs> i choose to live here now the beach is worth it though and it's only it's only unbearable for a couple months because other other times of the year it's it's beautiful um yeah fall is yeah. awesome well later in the fall winter's not too bad spring's nice summer it's hot it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. Well, I don't want to keep you. I know you're busy. Go sell a few houses today. And uh, it was great to talk yeah, to you. If my anybody friend. from New Jersey is moving down here, I know people are coming down. So you you feel free to hand out my number to those people, but only if they're serious buyers, Greg. All right. Do they, do they get one of those hats? Like, where'd you get that hat? That there is bought. <laughs> want to buy a house I'll, I'll get them a hat i will get them a hat <laughs> do you like walk around like the supermarket with that hat on whatever and a couple of business this cards in your actually, pocket this has gotten me two leads just wearing really? the hat so hey i'm gonna i'm gonna keep wearing it 
Fantastic. My, my rate of success on wearing this hat is good right now. So I'm going to keep Fantastic. it Fantastic. <laughs> it was great to talk to you. Uh, keep Man, keep awesome, up the great work. Awesome and uh, good too. luck with the season coming up here. Yeah, thank you so much. Great seeing you, man, and talking to you. And if you ever need anything, let me know. Yeah, we'll do. When uh, Truby will be back in town, I I don't know if this week or next week. Supposed to be back soon. I'll tell him that you said hello. Yes, please do. And we we should do this with him too. We should. I'll get him. I'll get him. Yeah, I'll get him. Set it up. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks Moose. Be good. Appreciate it, man. See ya. All right. That was Travis Moose Mater with the Blue Claws in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. And again in 2011, he was awesome. I the, I love the story about the Fourth of July in, in uh, 2011 when he thought he hit a walk off grand slam and it turned into a walk off single. I always felt really terrible about that, but that was just the umpires really screwed that one up. They uh, they signaled poorly. If they they signaled that it was like it was a home run, and they let him run all the way around the bases, and if they thought it was a single, they should have just got the heck out of there as soon as the first run scored. I I always felt bad about that one, but yeah, that was. Uh, that was an unfortunate break for him, but uh, all good now. Moose is the best, and, and we were glad to have him on uh, on the show here today. Hook, line, and splitter, Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast presented by NJR Home Services, your local experts here to help you hit a home run with a heating and cooling service plan. So the Blue Claws are on the road now for two weeks. They're going to go to Brooklyn. Uh, we're taped, I'm recording this part of it uh, on the 13th in the morning. We talked to Moose uh about a week over a week ago, uh, where we talked to, um, we're recording this on the 13th. They're heading to Brooklyn as we speak. They will uh, play six games there beginning tonight. And after that, we'll go out to Winston or down to Winston Salem to play the Dash for six games starting next Tuesday, the 20th. So they're back home on Tuesday, July 27th. Six games with Brooklyn, six games with Aberdeen beginning Tuesday, July 3rd. It's hard to believe, but only 24 home games left in the season for the Blue Claws. So if you want to get out here, uh, you best do so quickly. Uh, Blue Claws, again, home beginning on the 27th. So we'll give you a quick rundown. Uh, We have another Medusa's game on Tuesday, July 27th. That's the first game back from the road trip. Uh, Friday, July 30th is... EMS First Responders Night. Obviously, Thursday the 29th will be a, a Thirsty Thursday. Saturday, July 31st, Bruce Claus Night with Asbury Fever performing live in the Blue Claus Beer Garden. Uh, that's always a good one. Looking forward to that. Special jerseys uh, on hand for that game. Then on August 1st, uh, Kids Day Sunday. Kids are on the bases and all that good stuff. Kids eat free as well. The Aberdeen week, the following week, we have uh, a good slate of stuff. Breast Cancer Awareness Night on Wednesday, August 4th. August 5th, another Thirsty Thursday. August 6th is Autism Awareness Night. More fireworks on August 6th. Uh, Actually, there are fireworks on August 4th as well. So two fireworks shows that week. And then August 7th, uh, Saturday, Margaritaville Night. There'll be a band of some kind. And then August 8th, uh, wrap it up with a 105 game against Aberdeen. That'll be their only visit to the ballpark. Visit BlueClaws.com slash tickets uh, for more. Also, be sure to check out the Blue Claws Friends and Family Plan. Uh, Chick-fil-A is the partner on that one. Four Blue Claws tickets, four Blue Claws meal vouchers, and four Blue Claws Chick-fil-A caps that are really cool. All for just 80 bucks. It's an offer valid at select Blue Claws games, mostly Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
for the rest of the season. Also, when you come to the stadium, you want to check out the Chick-fil-A Fan Zone out in left center field. The Blue Claws peppered that area. Uh, Jalen Ortiz hit two in there. Logan O'Hoppy hit one. DJ Stewart hit one. It's the former outfield picnic area, now the Chick-fil-A Fan Zone. So every Blue Claws home run hit into the Chick-fil-A Fan Zone means free sandwiches at Chick-fil-A Jersey Shore for every fan in attendance. Chick-fil-A Fan Zone out in left center. Be sure to check that one out. So Blue Claws in Brooklyn, then Winston-Salem. We're back here on July 27th. Our next episode will come later this week. We'll grab a player or two uh, while they're gone and, uh, and and talk to them. We did have Adam Leverett on here a few weeks ago in episode 11. He was named Philly's Minor League Pitcher of the Month for the month of June. He's scheduled to pitch the Wednesday game in Brooklyn, which will be game two. Uh, Philly's draft, Andrew Painter was their first-round pick. Cavalry Christian Academy, a right-handed pitcher, uh, born in April of 2003, which was after the third <laughs> class opening day. Uh, in the Phillies' first uh, 10 picks, they took f- uh, four guys born in 2003, uh, which makes you feel a little older, but uh, all good there. So we'll do, we're going to try to do an episode, talk to somebody about the, uh, about the Phillies' draft, which will be wrapped up by the time you listen to uh, this episode. So a lot coming up. We'll get a couple got, uh, players on here over the next few weeks as well. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Hook, line, and splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast presented by NJR Home Services. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Greg Jambarisi. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Hook, line, and splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.